for real stories on how global business gets done. This is Supply Chain Unfiltered, presented by the Institute for Supply Management. Okay, let's get this party started. I'm Melanie for ISM, and this is another episode of Supply Chain Unfiltered. So happy you decided to join us today. Uh, I'm going to kind of set the the scenario up on what we're going to head into in a couple minutes. Um, today's subject, we're identifying uh, like the, a leadership or management to employee disconnection that goes on. Maybe it's something you're experiencing right now at the job you're currently at, or maybe you recall, you know, prior in your career. Um, but nonetheless, it can manifest in a lot of different ways. So at first, we're going to discuss values and how that impacts people on the job. To help us do that and approach other topics today is James Madison of On Purpose Life. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, learnings, you know, <laughs> learnings are always great. That's right. Okay, so on the subject of values, and yeah. I'm going to state some of the obvious stuff, but, you know, bear with me for a minute. So I have my values, you have your values, you have your values, and they come from a place of, uh, you know, where we come from, who we meet along the way, and our experiences, right? But it's interesting how that can play a role on the job. Mm. So, you know, we're taught to kind of leave the personal stuff behind, mm. somehow compartmentalize all that stuff and then show up on the job. But here's the funky part about it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always work. So let's say uh, I, I'm going to throw something out to the universe. It's um, a little negative and I don't, I don't mean to, but it's just a matter of, for example, so let's say I'm on the job, my phone rings, it's a family member, and they're telling me that um, a family member passed unexpectedly. So, you know, you go through all those emotions and feelings, sure. and somewhere in the mix of all of that, you think, oh, God, okay, I have to tell my boss, I have, you know, I have to, it's a company thing, right? Sure. It impacts the company. So... With that, because of my values, there is either a conscious or subconscious set of expectations that come up because of the situation, either maybe related to the amount of time I'm expecting to be able to take off to sure. deal. Um, also, there might be an expectation of an emotional response or a level of support coming from mm -hmm. my boss or the company. And because all of our feelings are so escalated in a moment like that or moments to come, um, we're super sensitive and maybe what we're expecting is may not be met. Mm -hmm. So then we deal with our situation, come back to the fold of work, and then there's that value stuff popping up. And that may impact our work relationships. Mm. Even if we don't share it, mm -hmm. it's in there. Yes. So... We hear a lot about um, corporate culture and we're here to support you, et cetera, et cetera. So when those moments arise that bring values to the surface, how do we uh, deal with the then obvious, okay, well, are they walking the walk of support or are they just talking the talk and then what do you do with that? Right. 
Right. Absolutely. There's something, I'm not sure who says this uh, quote, but it's people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. I like and so that. think about that. It can be written on the walls. It can be everywhere. But until the situation happens when you need it, you don't really know, is it true? And so when you talked about values, there's kind of three different levels. There's personal values, which are like guiding lights for how we make decisions, mm -hmm. how we make choices based on values. I value freedom to be me, number one. I value fun because my mom always said, act your shoe size, not your age. <laughs> <laughs> I value inspiration. I love in being inspired and inspiring others. And I value love. So those were like my top four values. Number five is simple. I like to do things simple, yeah. right? But those are the ways that I approach every situation. So those are mine as a person. Then there's the company values that are written on the website. And so the challenge for an employee is to make sure that the company values align with my values. That's the first check mm -hmm. before you start working somewhere, right? Then it's not about the company. It's about who you report to. Do they carry out the company values and do their personal values align with yours. So you have, you have, I don't even know the matrix of how many different right. relationships are going on there, but all those things are in play. And so then it's about when you need it, are you supported and do they show up? And that's the walking the talk. Right. But then how do you know, how do you know all that? How can you assess all that uh, before you start a new job, for example? Be, the only thing you can do, because it's, it's only in adversity that you really see these mm -hmm. things, right? When things are good, it's nice to say, yeah. we care about people, we care about family, right? But it's when you need it, when someone passes away and you need it. How right. do people actually show up? Sometimes you won't know that until that happens. Yeah. There's indications of it by at least they declare these values. And at least the person I'm interviewing with seems to tell stories about family. They're very family-oriented. So you can get an indication about those, but you never really know until situations happen. And that's when you really understand, are we just saying this? Or are these truly values that are carried out? And it's hard to give people grace when they don't measure up to what we think they should be. Yeah. Not, not only what we think, but what they've declared that they are, mm -hmm. which is even more. Because I can think you're something. That's right. on me. But if you could declare you are, but in actions, your thoughts, your, your words, and your actions don't line up, they aren't harmonious, that's really hard from an integrity standpoint. Right. right. It becomes a really hard, uh, trust becomes hard. Right. Absolutely. Because So you're saying one thing but doing another because how we do anything is how we do everything. Mm -hmm. So if it's happening over here, then that must mean if I multiply that by every situation, that thread is going to be in there. And it's really hard when you work in a place that the, the talk is not actually walked out. And uh, I know uh, many businesses... Um, are, are pushing and embrace uh, collaboration across all levels um, within a company. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a feel good and uh, lots more productivity and a lot of innovation comes from that. But then you also have, um, I, I know it's happened, <laughs> it's happened to me where I, you know, if I'm doing my work, see an email come through and, uh, oh, we decided to send everyone the organizational chart. And there it is, that visual display of the hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And it can kind of hit you between the eyes, right? Um, and for some uh, companies, it's, there is no subtlety about it. And you can feel it in the interactions that go on day to day, mm -hmm. which causes, again, this uh, leadership to employee disconnection. Right. So is, 
how do you kind of, um, I guess, separate? You know, where, yeah, I'm feeling like I'm, um, you are celebrating my worth as an employee um, and I'm participating in the big picture, but then again, you know, maybe you're not privy to everything and then those are the, the times where you realize, okay, I'm not, I'm not, maybe this part isn't inclusive. Right. And how do, you, how do you kind of accept that and, and be okay with it? Yeah, and my, not let it bother you. Right. My thought is recognizing it is what it is, meaning an organization that's big is a big organization. Right. And it doesn't run like a small business. And if you want small business feel, then go start a small business. <laughs> <laughs> there's some reason that you're in a big company, right? Right. So there's right. something that comes with that. So first recognize that. And then it really doesn't come down to the organization I found in 25 years of working in companies. It comes down to who do you actually work with? You don't feel the organization, you feel the impact of your boss or your leader or people on your team. And right. They usually say people join an organization and they leave because of their team or their boss because that's who creates the reality that they're in. So when you think about it as a leader, I've talked to leaders that are in an organization that they feel is you know, too big, it doesn't represent all their values, but what they can do is in their circle of influence, mm. make sure that the ripple effect in their circle reflects who they are. That means their team members will feel that. Anyone working with them will feel their values. Mm -hmm. And then instead of being concerned about the circle of concern, all these things that you, right, wasting energy there, focus on your circle of influence and then expand your circle of influence by bringing others in. That way you're no longer being a victim to the big monster machine. You're actually creating your reality within your circle. If everybody does that, that connects the organization. But you aren't concerned about what everybody's doing. You really focus on yours. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> because many people I talk to will talk about the big Titanic problem, but have no influence. And that's it's anything you're oh. thinking about that you have no influence over is a waste of your life source energy. Where if you focus on what you can actually control and mm -hmm. influence, then you create momentum and traction, and that starts to bring in others around you as you collaborate. And then you start to expand that circle, and that's how you change things. Mm, okay. Um, and, and something that you brought up in some of our uh, past conversations, uh, the word patterns, and that we all have patterns, yes. and your patterns may or may not align with my patterns. That's right. And now if you take that into, I'll say, a team scenario at work, um, and we are all expected to be synergistic, um, even though we may have completely opposing patterns mm -hmm. and values, let's add that in there too. Um, so how, can it, it, is it realistic for us to be expected to show up, whether we're an employee or whether we're part of the management team, um, and leave our patterns behind, or is it better for us to identify and accept our patterns and learn how to utilize them? Yeah, so we, when you think of patterns, you think of personality that comes from past experience, can come from traumas, can come from heart wounds, mm -hmm. right? Um, you think of programming, 80% of the programming we get for life, we get by the time we're eight years old. Oh, gosh. That's scary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary. Because, because other people have projected on us who they believe we should be. Mm -hmm. We've done it to our own kids, right? We put right. our agendas on them, yeah. and, and they're kind of lost in that. And so if you think about it that way, um, when we come to work, we bring our whole self to work. That's what the company is getting is the whole value of everything we bring, which is all of our experiences, all of, all, all of our talents, all of our passion, everything, all of our degrees, we bring everything. 
The company wins when we show up fully every day. What do they say? 30% of people are fully engaged at work or something, right? You know, right. what if people were 90% engaged? The company would win. So if you ask people to keep those things away, you then have to have a lot more people to get things done. So there's a company benefit to people showing up fully. And I think, I was thinking about this with, with the client yesterday, and we wrote this continuum out, right? Mm -hmm. First, you have to understand your own and others' unique contributions. So know what you bring uniquely. What are my superpowers? What are my strengths? What are my talents? My passions? What lights me up? Know mine and know others. Once I understand someone else's, then I can tolerate it, which is just the beginning. Because now I understand, so I'm like, okay, that's different than me, but I can tolerate. You don't want to stop there. Next is acceptance. I accept that that difference might add value to the team different than I bring. Right? Then you go beyond there. Now I can actually appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Right? I value and appreciate what you bring is better than acceptance and tolerance. And then ultimately is when I honor the unique contribution and difference in someone else. Because a culture of honor looks like this. I see something in you that's value, and I want to receive of that and also share what I have. And you can't do that until you honor someone. You can respect someone, which is kind of a one-way deal. Mm -hmm. I respect you because of your title, what you have. But when I honor you, I see something in you that I want, and it opens up this relationship. And the cool part about it is for a team, for a strong team, it has to look like this. I see your superpower and your strength as a complement to mine and not a threat to my authority or position. That's... That's, that's the stinker that's right the mic there. drop right yeah. there <laughs> that's what makes the difference right well yeah i think you know what happens is that uh i'll show up in my authentic self whatever that may be just as you do the same and sometimes um don't know if it has to do with the values or personality um, or patterns but sometimes you know, we come across a person where we don't know what it is, what it is, but for some reason they make us feel uncomfortable or, mm -hmm. or uneasy. And, and so then from that, we, it's hard not to just stop that mental process there. Sometimes we tend to put a judgment and put a meaning on it, and then that carries over into how we respond next. Correct. which may not be to our betterment. So how do, you, how do you stop that process? So you said the word judgment. The judgment comes from our own security and our fear, not what the person is doing. So we project on others something we see that's a threat to us. And so what, when I work with teams, help them understand their unique contributions and to be able to stand up in their superpowers for who they are and for others to be able to accept and acknowledge and appreciate those as a compliment and not a threat. Mm -hmm. And that's and usually the threat comes from a judgment of comparison or you know I'm not enough. Mine used to be I'm not good enough, right? So that I would make judgments on others because it made me feel better if I don't feel good enough and I can find something in you. And that I would say 99% of the conflicts come from these interpersonal things at the heart level beneath the issue. It's not the money, the project, it's this this struggle of energy and and perspective of who I am that I'm now projecting on the team and then we don't get the thing done because it's at the root level and we're talking here about money and projects mm -hmm. and so so I use something called the core values index right and what I love about the core values index assessment 
different than other behavioral assessments, which behaviors learned based on expectations or past. Core value says this is your unique, wired, innate nature. Mm -hmm. This is your nature, right? Before you've been warped <laughs> <laughs> by everybody telling you who they think you are, right? But when you get back to the factory reset of your nature, there, there's something about that that is your best and highest self. And so when I work with the team and we peel back all the behavioral expectations and cultural things and get into, this is how I show up at my best and highest. And when I can feel confident in that, because I won't be judged, it's a safe space, or I like to call it a brave space, mm -hmm. to be my 100% unapologetic self in this team. And then I can see what you bring is not a threat to me, but a compliment, right? For example, uh, I'm, a, I'm what's called a merchant in, in core value. So my core value is relationship and love. That's why I like to talk and I love doing these kinds of things, right? Um, and I'm not a very detail-oriented person. Um, about 30 minutes ago before I came here, I sent um, a message to Heather, my, my assistant, and said, can you tell me how far it is and what's the address? Like, I don't spend time on the details, right? I'm thinking about the message, right? right. In my whole career, I always had someone who was that detail-oriented banker partner. Just naturally, we gravitated because they enjoyed the details and the efficiency and the black and white. I had the great stories together. We worked together. They also created the most tension for me. Because people who have the details, and I'm not into the details, would stress me out a little bit, right? And right. so I learned to partner with them and not see it as a threat, but see it as a way to complement what I bring. And then the two of us together were able to just, like Batman and Robin, get things done. Yeah. But I had to be humble, right? And say, I don't need to be as good at you in that. You bring that, I bring this, and together we have what we need. Balance. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that. Harmony. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to head into... Um, uh, the core value index. Yes. Um, and I believe oh, we're going to have uh, some visual displays as well as you talk through it mm -hmm. um, on, on what it is and kind of um, the different, I'll say categories. Mm -hmm. Energies. Uh, thank you. Yes. Energies, better word. Energies. <laughs> it's all about energy, right? <laughs> right. So, uh, so um, can you kind of walk us through yeah. foundationally what it is? Absolutely. So like I talked about, what's different, the core value index measure your unique, innate, wired nature. So we're talking nature, not behavior, strengths, or weaknesses. Okay. So the, the real difference with the core values is it measures, based on the capacity of energy you have, when you do something, even if you're good at it, how long before you'll be drained or will you be energized? Oh. That's the difference. There are many people I work with that are really good at things that drain them. Okay. Have you ever experienced something you do that's re you're good at, but you're, it takes you a long time to recover? Yeah. And there's other things you do that you're just like midair refueling. You could just keep right. going. So when you know what that is and you can spend more time in the thing that gives you and the things that drain you, you work with other people or have systems. Or what I do is I do something that fills me up right before something that drains me. And then mm. I schedule myself something that energizes me right after that. Okay. And so it's just kind of learning to align in your unique nature. And it's about capacity, not behavior. So for example, the merchant core value is love and relationship. So people that are merchants love to talk, my, tell stories. My wife says I make a short story too long, right? Because for merchants, it's about the color and the flavor and the connectivity. For an innovator, it's about wisdom. It's about what's the smartest, wisest approach to anything. They're the guardians of wisdom. They love to problem solve. They're never defeated and have never seen a problem, just a situation that needs a solution, right? The bankers are about knowledge and facts. It's about what are the details, let's be efficient, let's, what about justice, this is the way it needs to happen. So it's very 
factual, right? Mm -hmm. And then the builders were about, let's just get stuff done. I don't care about the details. I don't care about the smartest way. I don't care about the people in the vision necessarily. Let's just get things done. And so what you find is between those four, every problem of a team or a relationship is a conflict of the energy, not a conflict of the situation. Builders want to go fast. Innovators want to go smart. Mm. Right? You can see the tension yeah, there. Yeah, if yeah. you leave a bunch of innovators off to figure things out, they may never land the plane because they like ideating, they like figuring things out. So you need a builder energy to say, hey, we need that by Friday. Now go and figure out what you want to do. But we're not doing it now, the, the innovators will say, because we want to figure out the best approach. The merchants want to go create the vision for the future and get people involved. And the bankers will say, hold on. The data says that we came from this baseline. We need to consider, okay. So you can see mm -hmm. all conflicts come from the, the conflict of energy right. being brought because we are the presence of energy in every situation. Not behavior, but presence of energy. And our deepest fear mm -hmm. is when our presence of energy is not being valued in the situation. That's when we go to the dark side and you see people act in ways that aren't so nice. <laughs> it's an energy issue. It isn't an issue of me versus you. It's that my energy is not being honored. Hmm. And as a team, when you can find a way to honor all energies, then you just unleash this potential That's to perform. That's pretty powerful. Because there's an intrinsic motivation to perform, not something I have to go motivate. It just... It's there. It's who I fully... Yeah, that's mm -hmm. where the magic happens. Okay, so I know... You are chomping at the bit and probably already thinking about, okay, I don't know, am I a banker? Am I a merchant? You might be coming up with all these theories about who you are, but here's what we're going to do. James has provided um, a way to take a quick assessment. 10 minutes. You can, yeah, you can do it now. You can do it later, whenever. Uh, I'm going to give you that, um, that website address so you can do that and figure out who you are. <laughs> um, and again, you know, obviously you can just rewind this to get the, the web address, but I'm going to roll it out. So it's erep.com uh, forward slash e forward slash on purpose coaching hyphen C V as in Victor I. There you have it. That's it. Yep. Quick, like you said, free. Gotta love that. And I promise you, eye opening. <laughs> uh, so so now we're going to project as if you've already taken the quiz. <laughs> but I wanted to get from you, James, um, when, uh, when we take the quiz and we get those aha moments, because they will come. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. How would you recommend that we use those moments you know, as good takeaways and apply them into how to deal with our interpersonal challenges? Yeah, the, the first thing I did and the first thing I yeah. tell people to do is work in your warm circle at home. <laughs> have your spouse take it first. <laughs> the first thing I did when I learned about it yeah. was have my wife take it. Oh, gosh. Okay. There's not a day that goes by that we don't talk about what's huh. going on at that level. And so that's a safe space where there's more grace and you can right. work through. And then as a team, what's really powerful when I've worked with teams and everybody knows about who they are and they understand and they see and they often laugh that's why you do that and that's why you show up that way i never knew that's why yeah. it wasn't that you were just trying to be hard it's that you want to make sure we make a wise decision so you ask a lot of questions i get it and then the person that asks the questions no longer feels bad like they're challenging they feel like i'm here to be the guardian of wisdom that's my role mm -hmm. so now everybody knows their role on the team and no longer has this feeling of shame or judgment right. and then they're allowed to all contribute at their best and highest because when you have banker knowledge and the facts 
and then you take innovator wisdom. This is the cycle. Let's take the facts on where we are versus where we want to go, what used to happen. Let's now go into the wisdom of what we could do. Let's get, now let's connect it to the vision and bring the people, and now let's go execute. Mm-hmm. That's what a winning team has. And so when you have all of those, and so when I've worked with teams, we actually plot what they have, and we can see blind spots. I'm working with a team right now that has, I don't know, nine innovator merchant people that are creatives out of 13. Uh, they oh. only have one builder and one banker. Ooh. So those creatives that get talking and going sometimes don't land the plane, and the builder's like, are we ever going to get anything done? <laughs> and the banker's like, are we ever going to talk about a fact? <laughs> <laughs> so it used to stress them out when I met right. them nine months ago. Now, because they know, they all, they all talk about, hey, this sounds like a lot of creative talk. Can we talk about some merchant, uh, some, like- some Bring it down. Bring it down. <laughs> but it's a safe space. It's not talking about the person. It's talking about the energy we need to solve the problem. Let's look at it from all lenses. Let's now move into the factual knowledge banker side and look at it that way. Let's park the creativity mm-hmm. for a moment. And right. then we're like, okay, we have the facts. Let's go back to creativity to solve it. Let's connect it to the vision of how the people get involved. Builders, how should we execute? And so then you can see... And what's also cool is when you see what you have on your team, if you're adding a new member to your team, you can see what you need to add to round out your team. Wow. Because if, you're, if you over, I was with a marketing team that over-indexed in the, the creative side. There was like very few data people and very few builders. And so the frustration of the leader was, man, they never do anything on time. They never get it done. They won't because their joy is in creating. So as the builder or the leader, you have to be very specific on boundaries and curbs and deadlines that they're very good at managing to. And with an innovator, you have to help them understand what is enough. Because to them, there's always one more iteration, one more iteration, right? (laughs) And so there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, as a business, we have to eventually, we gotta move forward. And so, so then that's why you, but the innovators no longer feel bad about innovating. And the builder doesn't feel bad about giving some curves. That's what's needed for them to all bring their genius to the surface and perform. So for uh, anyone that wants more information about how to better connect leadership management employees, where do they get more info on what you have to offer? Yeah, you can go to um, my email is james at onpurpose-life.com. It's my email. I'm also on LinkedIn as James F. Madison. And my website is www.onpurpose-life.com. And there's different ways you can reach out to me. There you have it. (laughs) There you have it. Well, I certainly feel better (laughs) just having you here. Thank you so much. Very good. Uh, And and please do, uh, you know, check out this broadcast again. Uh, It's definitely something I think I will listen to watch again and again when I have those moments of you know I'm not so sure about handle how how to handle things at at work and at home Um, and feel free to listen to any of our episodes of supply chain unfiltered you can find them at ismworld.org in the news and publications section also do want to let you know that we'd love to hear from you Love to know what you like, what you don't like, what you think we should be covering. Just send us an email at supplychainunfiltered at sismworld.org. Thanks for tuning in. This is Melanie Stern for ISM.